Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about the Mobile World Congress. This is the world's biggest mobile technology fair. Over the next few days, they're expecting 95,000 visitors from over 200 countries. And it's all happening here in Barcelona. Catalan News is here. Filling the Sink is here. And I'm joined today by... Well, pretty much the whole team. We've got Killian Shields. Hi, <laughs> Hello, Killian. Hello, Lorcan. How are you? Lea Believa. Hi, Lea. Hi, Lorcan. And Uriel Escudé. Hello, Lorcan. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm sweating a wee bit trying to get here in the metro. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, people in suits. And I, th- I thought, right, I'll follow <laughs> these. I think these are on the way to Mobile World Congress. I've kind of come in the back door here, the north entrance. But uh, you have been here a little bit longer than me, Lea and Uriel. Uh, tell me your impressions so far. Yeah, we came in uh, from the main entrance. Pretty early pretty early and the thing that I first saw was a sea of blue suits. (laughs) And And we're not wearing one, by the way. And we're not wearing Feeling a little bit underdressed. (laughs) Yeah, no, I've got a nice new-ish shirt on here. Smart casual. Smart Smart casual. casual. It's perfect for us. (laughs) And people coming here, as you said, from 200 countries and companies, like all the biggest tech companies in the world are here. Uh, Samsung, Google, Amazon, Xiaomi, Telefonica, Huawei. They're the biggest uh, with uh, around 10,000 square meters of exhibition space. There's also Catalan representation. We'll be hearing a bit more about, about that later on. Uh, but there's really so much going on. And you've already spoken to a few people uh, this morning, Oriol. We have, yeah. We were expecting, it's my first time here and Lea as well, and we were expecting some phones because this is the Mobile World Congress, but there's no phones. And we realized that this and talking to people, it's become more of an AI uh, 5G. Yeah, 5G. Emerging 6G. technologies, kind of, yeah. Like, Digitalization, yeah. I see. Yeah. I've been here a few years now, uh, of course, and like, and I've seen the change. Whereas before, definitely, like the latest phone would probably be the biggest thing, like exhibited. But now, like AI is kind of taking over the whole conversation around tech at the moment. And yeah, you can see it's very central to, to this year's edition. I think there are a few uh, new models being, you know, shown today. Motorola have a, a new model that they're showing and Xiaomi as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's not the focus maybe as, as it used to be when less you started so. coming. Definitely less so. We've just seen some uh, flashing lights and a convoy of black uh, cars go by with blacked out windows and we think it might be uh, the King of Spain is arriving. Lots, lots of dignitaries here as well. Absolutely, yeah. Dignitaries, uh, there's a whole ministerial program as well that's involved. So it's not just for the tech industry, the, the, the private sector. It's also a lot of uh, ministers from all over the world will come and just discuss different solutions, different possibilities. Well, what we talked about with the change in technology, I think one thing that someone uh, here at the Congress told me that I thought was really, really interesting is that now the latest technologies will focus more on freeing the hands. So the technology is well focused on what we can do without using our hands. I thought that was very interesting because, well, we use our our hands with for our phones, uh, whatever. Laptops. And now, exactly, and now they want to kind of integrate it into, well, what we're wearing, uh, glasses, suits, so we have, well, more freedom um, to move around. I think though a lot of those things about like that you'd wear, uh, like definitely I remember in years gone by the metaverse was a huge kind of buzz thing. You don't really see that anymore. I don't think the industry has found a way to make that very usable per se. But uh, yeah, I've definitely noticed a lot less of like these VR headsets that are, to be honest, quite clunky. But uh, yeah, it's interesting the way the industry's going. <laughs> 
Well, today's podcast is a bit different. Uh, we're all here. We're not quite sure what's going to happen because the plan is for us all to go out and about, see uh, conferences, talk to people, exhibitors, and uh, maybe meet back up later on and, and see how we all got on. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's Sounds good. do it. My mission today is to find out a little bit more about artificial intelligence. AI is all over the publicity material of pretty much every company I see here at Mobile World Congress. But I found someone who is uh, able to explain a little bit about the different types of AI. My name is Avnish Chahan. I'm the co-founder and CTO of Mobilium. Practically every mobile operator is a customer of ours. You know, OpenAI and ChatGPT and Google Gemini, they have basically brought AI to the masses, right? So everybody is able to generate an image of a horse in a sea and, you know, eating a hot dog or something like that, right? Uh, that is generative AI. But there are lesser or different AIs that are used by the operators. So, for example, AI is used to understand if a network node or a cell tower is going to go down. There are technologies to use artificial intelligence or machine learning to understand if the SMS message that you are receiving is a spam or a scam. So I was just passing the Dell stand and I saw something called Open Brew AI and 5G at the edge and someone pouring beers. So I've stopped to talk to Warren Jackson, officially business development manager, uh, unofficially... Dell's beer guy. <laughs> Tell us what's happening here. Okay, so Open Brew started at a brewery in Boston, Exhibit A Brewing. And as with most craft brewers, they didn't have a lot of resources to manage the data that was being generated as part of their fermentation and canning process. So we approached them about um, using some of our technology and the power of Dell to help benefit their business. So what we did is we put sensors on their fermentation tank, we brought that into a Dell Edge gateway, we sent that up to the cloud, and then we built a dashboard to be able to visualize that data and send alerts when this temperature, this pressure is out of range, go check on it. And they haven't had to scrap a single batch of beer since we put this system in. And they said on the canning line, they have to have operators babysit the canning line, up to four people, because if the cans fall over... Just seen one fall? Yeah, if they fall over, what happens is it's like the game of dominoes. So uh, they wanted us to develop uh, a computer vision algorithm, AI, to be able to detect when a can falls over and tell them exactly on the canning line where that was so that they could go stand it up before all the rest of the dominoes fell over. Well, that was an impressive bit of multitasking, I have to say, Warren doing that interview, pouring and serving drinks. Now, I said earlier that pretty much every company claims to be using AI these days. But now I'm going to speak to someone about a company where AI is really what they do. So my name is uh, Eyal Reshef. I'm the CEO and the founder of uh, IMA. And we're scouting the whole world of startups. Now, let me tell you about AI. The company that is called AI21 Labs. They created a set of uh, LLMs that use natural language processing similar to what uh, you know, generative AI is doing, but for the enterprise. In the future that we're going to, just like I use an iPhone with a lot of different apps, an average company, an average enterprise, will have access to multiple large language models, LLMs. 
and different AI models. You know, the world of AI is booming. Companies all over the world, they must deploy AI to stay relevant and not to go out of business. Why? Because if I'm going to deploy AI and your company will not deploy AI, I will have a smarter company, a more efficient company, and I will drive you out of business. So it's a kind of a do or die scenario. Some might think that the Mobile World Congress is a place for tech giants only, but in fact, there's a large presence of startups as well. Here, it's called Four Years From Now, an event that celebrates its 10th year anniversary this year and includes almost 300 different startups. At the hall of the startups, it seems like the sky is the limit for technological ideas, spanning from art, security, construction, e-gaming, health, sustainability, and that is just mentioning a few. I talked to two Catalan startups about how they use technology in their projects and also asked them what they see as the biggest challenge for tech. Good morning, I'm Francesco Pitito. I'm the CEO of Enjoy Nature. We are a company that is born to reconnect people with nature applying technology. So Enjoy has the mission and the objective to create a digital layer we all may bring with us in our phone to complement the visit in a place with augmented reality. Let's say you are in a museum. In the museum, there are a lot of shells. You can focus the shell with, with the mobile. The augmented reality will pop up the 3D model of the living animal, and you can start from there exploring, investigating, and enjoying the visits. Hello, I'm Despina from Windowsite. Uh, we are an art streaming platform to personalize your spaces with art and photography we host in, in the platform and uh, create the ambience you want for every mood. Imagine how Spotify works for music. So we have the collections from our artists which are worldwide and more than 250 and it's an ever-growing number. They uh, upload their collections and then users can, can, can personalize by saving the content, by following the artists, by liking the, the visuals they, they like the most, and then they can create the playlist depending on what mood they want to create or even stream the collection. They can then channel this via their TV, so it's a mobile and a TV app. They connect it and that's how they can personalize their space instantly. It's like a digital canvas. We are here in the startup hall, which, called, which is called Four Years From Now. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest challenge, not only for startups, but for technology as a whole in the next four years or in the near future? My opinion is that we cannot fight the technological innovation. We much better have to surf it and to use it for the good and for the better. Let's say, if you use technology to enhance a visit, for example, and to make uh, kids at the same time educated and entertained, it's something very different that if you use the same mobile to make kids have a look at one streaming channel. The same way artificial intelligence, which is now polarizing people, then if we focus on how to use that for the good and how to avoid that for the bad, we can live with technology and we can improve everybody's life. 
I would say more the sustainability. Like I saw outside a poster that was saying that it, it has low carbon energy, so it's already something that is being promoted more and more because um, it's true that while we are uh, worrying about you know uh, taking technology one step further, we should never forget like nature itself and and the beauty of of um, of the environment. So always with respect to that, we try to move forward with with technology. So it's always uh, a balance we should keep. Well, Leah has to head on a little bit earlier today than the rest of us, so I thought I'd get a quick catch-up with you, Leah. How's it been for you? Yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. At the beginning of the, the Congress, well, I was a little overwhelmed because, as we talked about earlier, it's huge here. There are so many places, and it's just it can really be overwhelming. But, you know, then you get into it, and you start enjoying yourself and start talking to people and having a lot of fun. So the conclusion is I've had a lot of fun here. Okay, but well, we're going to get some lunch, and you're going to head on. So we'll see you again. See you, Larkin, and have a great time. One of the biggest attractions at mobile is the flying car. Now, I must confess that I'm not the biggest fan of flying and the thought of getting into one of these things is enough to make my palms sweat. But don't worry, I won't actually be flying. It's just a prototype after all. My name is Konstantin Kisli. I'm from Alif Aeronautics. So this is flying car, as we know, is from science fiction. Any device should be like, uh, it should be a purpose. And this purpose, to solve uh, traffic, to help with the commute. And the thing is like it's point to point. So it's not hub to hub. So you drive from your home, you take off from basically any place, but I mean, in reality, it's going to be some dedicated parking lot, fly to your land near your work, just drive on the regular roads to the regular parking lot. It's made of the mostly composite materials, carbon fiber, amid honeycomb. It has current version eight motors, uh, electric propulsion, I have to say the prototype is quite small, not the real deal yet, but they hope to roll it out in 2025. Another innovative device is SK Telecom's UAM. And let me tell you, they did bring a life-size prototype. It's like a helicopter with drone wings and passengers can hop on board for a virtual immersive flight over the skies of Seoul. Hi, I'm Nuri Sohn from SK Telecom and I'm working for the UAM business development in SK Telecom. So UAM stands for the Urban Air Mobility, which is the very new type of transportation which could transport both people and also the cargo. So this type of aircraft is called the EVTOL, which stands for Electrical Vertically Takeoff and Landing Aircraft. So it's going to be very, very low noise and it's going to be very eco-friendly since it uses 100% of the batteries and it's going to be like so safe enough. And it's going to fly over 300 to 600 meters on the urban area, uh, urban airspace. But aircrafts for human transport are not the only ones on display at mobile. The Catalan police, Mossos de Squadra, are also exhibiting a flying drone to improve surveillance. Hello, my name is Rachel. I'm a police officer from Mossos de Squadra in Catalonia. Drones are very useful for a wide range of security and surveillance tasks. Here we show the fixed-wing drone that has piloting assistance system based in artificial intelligence algorithm. On the one hand, it's responsible for adapting the parameters in case of adverse weather conditions and to make safe the preserve the aircraft. On other, the other hand, artificial intelligence constitutes an efficient assistant for calculation, image management, analyze, and help in the decision-making of the police. <laughs> 
and flying even higher, Alto is presenting its high-altitude platform station, capable of providing direct-to-device connectivity from the stratosphere, along with offering high-quality Earth observation capabilities. Yeah, my name is Samar Halawi. I'm the CEO of Alto. The stratosphere is basically over 60,000 feet, between 60 and 80,000 feet. And the idea is that we have this beautiful aircraft that is uh, solar-powered, so completely sustainable, does not use fuel, and that aircraft can transform itself into a cellular tower, but instead of being you know, on, on the ground, it's uh, in the air, and it's at uh, about 60 to 80,000 feet. But one aircraft can replace about 200 uh, terrestrial towers and is ideal for uh, locations, like rural and remote locations, where uh, there's not enough population density, where uh, the cost of putting terrestrial towers is justified. So this is where the aircraft comes in uh, and offers a mobile connectivity service. When you walk around the Mobile World Congress, you're going to see a huge amount of exhibition space dedicated to some of the flashiest products from some of the biggest and most interesting tech companies in the world. This is great. This is all one aspect of the Mobile World Congress, and it's a hugely important aspect as well. But another thing that happens here at this trade show are conferences. So on Monday morning, I went to a conference, a talk called Quantum Industry, a bird's eye view, to sort of see what this is about, learn a little bit about quantum mechanics, quantum computing, and report back on basically what happens here behind the scenes at the Mobile World Congress. And this one just kind of caught my eye because quantum computing it's one of those technologies that I think we, as a general populace, have difficulty imagining what it is. Uh, it's sort of a buzzword in the tech industry that maybe not a lot of people, certainly I don't fully understand it. So this is quite interesting. It was hosted by Zina Jahari Sinker, who works for a company called Matter. And she was speaking with Alex Challens from a company called Resonance, as well as Romy Sumaria from Terra Quantum. And they spoke about the advantages and the reality of quantum computing, all while trying to keep away from any hype or any buzzwords or anything that was immaterial, that wasn't tangible, that we could see. Um, what are quantum technologies? Well, they're not one single thing, according to what I learned from this talk this morning. Quantum mechanics can tell us uh, that the normal intuitive physics that we can understand in our daily lives, in the quantum context, that takes this idea of intuitive physics and kind of assumes it to be not as predictable as we think. And this can lead to very interesting new technologies to be developed. Whereas quantum computing, it's essentially solving problems with faster speed or even solving different problems that we can't even begin to comprehend without the use of these incredibly powerful computers. Then we've got things like quantum sensing and quantum communications and networking. And the idea behind all of this is that quantum technologies are going to outperform the technologies that already exist. That is kind of a founding principle. It's kind of what a lot of people involved in this field believe. So where are we seeing quantum in use in the day-to-day -day world already? Well, the people speaking spoke about the use cases in their own companies. So we've got corrosion inhibition, which is literally the paint on the exterior of a plane. This obviously costs a lot of money, but with quantum, they can create better materials to paint a plane and ultimately save the airline millions of euros, millions of dollars. They gave the example of taking one olive out of the meals that planes serve on board. This simple act of removing one olive can, in the long run, when you scale it up, save the company millions of euro. And the same thing applies, just in a different context. 
they also spoke about Samsung using quantum random number generators on their phones already. And don't worry, I already looked up what this meant. And it's essentially cybersecurity. It's essentially creating passcodes with extremely long random sets of keys. And don't worry, the quantum technology will take care of it for you. So this was just one talk being held throughout the whole week about one specific topic. We've got many different talks being given by many huge names in the industry, such as Demis Hassabis, who is the CEO of DeepMind Technologies, who's a man who has been dubbed the father of AI. We've also got Michael Dell giving a speech. He is the CEO of Dell, one of the biggest IT companies in the world with revenues of over $100 billion. And also speaking is Julie Sweet, who's a chair and CEO of Accenture, who also serves on the board of the World Economic Forum. And those are just three of the biggest names speaking. There are so many more and about all sorts of different industries, areas, niches, technologies. And one thing as well that I really wanted to point out that I found particularly interesting is the Sports Tomorrow Congress, which is a series of talks being put on every day at Mobile World Congress here, organized by FC Barcelona. This is essentially talks about the sports industry, but the intersection of sports and technology. So the Barca Innovation Hub, how they're harnessing the power of technology to get these marginal gains, which can be applied on the pitch in real competition. How sports can help technology and how technology can help sports. Well, we're now at the end of day one of Mobile World Congress. Uh, we've met up again, myself, Killian, and Uriol. Hello. What's up? The vibe has changed a little bit, hasn't it? You can tell the exhibitors, the, they've, they've let their hair down a little bit. It's, uh, we've come to the end of the day, around half five, six is when you see in a lot of stands, a lot of refreshments are offered. Um, people want to relax after a tense day of working really hard. <laughs> so in addition to everything that we've heard today in the podcast, can I, any other thoughts that you'd like to leave us with? Uh, yeah, I suppose I just wandering around today in like the couple of brief moments that I've had. I'm just always struck at how like there's always like very interesting technology that to be honest like leaves me very skeptical leaves me very dubious like right before meeting up here I, I just visited Samsung stand which is huge and like they've got like loads of tables for like the latest phones and laptops that each cost like thousands of euro I'm sure but then I know my attention was drawn to the the back of their their exhibition stand where, where I saw things that looked like cages like glass cased full of uh, what I what reminded me of mood rings that you'd get like uh, in your childhood that would like tell you oh you're feeling happy oh you're feeling sad it this kind of thing. color yeah basically but but it it was linking up with your biometric data to then basically give you like a reading of your health so it's one of these health wearables but now in the form of ring we've already seen them in like a, a watch of course a couple of other things but now this brand new one it's a, a ring that you can wear and, and was that it was intelligent funny. by any way because everything I've seen uh, you know has been intelligent not just artificial intelligence but I'm just behind you and I can see something that says IntelliReserve whatever that means IntelliReserve and I was thinking a few years ago everything was smart wasn't it like smartphones obviously we've evolved but we've evolved from smart to intelligent <laughs> Is this a bit of reinventing the wheel? Could be. It's just uh, the 2020s buzzword. <laughs> what about you, Ariel? Anything else that captured your attention today? Apart from seeing the king several times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fun to see him. It's the first time I see him. A lot of first times today. First time here at the mobile. I had a really nice time, but I'm a bit overwhelmed, I have to say. There's like so many things that you feel like you have seen lots of things, but still don't have enough. I mean, it's huge. It like is. Uh, We've barely scratched the surface, like, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we still have three days to go, though. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, there is plenty to see. We haven't covered everything on the one twenty-five minute podcast, but on CatalanNews.com, we do have other stories on Mobile World Congress this week uh, and videos too. So do check them out. Time now for our Catalan phrase. What's it this week, Uriol? A camillar pasa curta. A camillar, so like on a, on a long path. On a long path, a small step towards a long path. Small step for, for a long path. For a long path, yeah. Okay, very nice. Seen a lot of uh, small steps yep. on a long path here at the Mobile World Congress today, haven't we? A long path to the future, maybe? Yes. This is it. Well, thanks very much to everyone who spoke to us this week. Uh, I'm not going to name all our names because far too many, to be honest, and I can't remember them all at this stage. Uh, but thanks to you, Killian and Uriol. Cheers, Lorcan. Thanks, Lorcan, to you. And thanks to Leia, of course, as well. We'll be back again with our next episode of Filling the Sink, well, in about a week and a half, seeing as we recorded this one early. Uh, until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adeu.